0: This month, Doctrine and Devotion is sponsored by Legionnaire Ministries. Legionnaire is offering our listeners 15 months of Table Talk magazine for $23. That's the cost of a one year subscription. Find out more in the show. In the show. Whatever. They'll find out more in the okay, show. Okay, they'll find out that. Just listen. <laughs> Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois.
1: And I'm Dream Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship.
0: Woo! This has been like the longest
1: week ever, hasn't it? Oh, yes, it has. It's a long week. I have uh, I
0: have not had fun. Yeah. Well, it looks like you had fun last night. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, was, that looked more... like you had some fun without me.
1: Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... It yeah, was... you and Steve. Steve and I. Yeah, you and, and Steve McCoy. Well, we did a double date. We mm-hmm.
0: had a double date out mm-hmm. there. Yep. You know, yeah, Michelle sure. and Molly. Look, looked fancy. You know, looked, it <laughs> looked kind of... It was looked fancy. highfalutin. looked highfalutin. We're at the finery. Yeah. yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. Well, look, was, there, was there linen on the table or paper on the table? There was linen on the table because I saw the pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you haven't been there before? I only went because you recommended it again. All I know is... Have you gone there before? I was at home... And you and Steve O were out mm-hmm. enjoying cocktails and yeah. all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. We had
1: lots of laughs. So, it looks like, yeah. Crying. So, don't
0: tell me you didn't have a fun this week. You did, obviously. I had one fun night. So, yeah, must be nice. It was nice. But all yeah. I had were rough nights. Every oh, really? Night. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah.
1: What, about, right. uh, what about Friday night? Didn't you, even, didn't, you Didn't, didn't you didn't enjoy your Friday night? I don't even remember With Friday your kids? Night.
0: Was I with my kids? Yes. Probably not then.
1: Oh, no? No. I mean, <laughs> of while, course I did. Of course I, mean, I did. I mean, Friday night, goodness. I mean, Steve and I. Oh, that was not it was? Steve and I had to go down uh,
0: to Casa. Oh, that's right. I didn't go to that. I didn't, get to, I didn't do anything. <laughs> you you guys went to Casa. Casa de Monte Cristo. Yep. Hung out with Pastor Q. Yep. I didn't get to go. Hung out
1: with uh, Phil
0: Holmes. It was, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. It was yep. great. Thing is, what's ironic is they would rather see me than you, but uh, I don't get to go.
1: Um, there's probably truth to that. Yeah, no, there's not. Phil loves I'm me, though. Q loves me. He calls me his uh, his brown bear. Yep. He's my QT pie.
0: <laughs> That's really gross. What? That is really gross. What do you mean? Pastor Q, his name is Kusai, and uh, he just goes by Q because he thinks white people can't say Kusai. Obviously, he's wrong because I'm super white and I can say Kusai all day long. But uh, he there just goes you by go. Q.
1: Go ahead and be the white man telling him what he can and can't do when he's wrong and when he's right. Yeah. Continue well, on. somebody's got to do it.
0: No. Um... <laughs> So we're it's Sunday. I just got back from preaching at uh, Ransom City Church, which mm-hmm. is our second church plant that we sent out. Seth, the lead pastor that we sent out to uh, to serve there, is come back our way. He was preaching here at Redeemer while yeah, I was out. A great job. We'll talk more about that later for another. Oh episode. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna save it. I'm gonna I want to save this. I want to save yeah. that for another episode. Yeah. I don't I don't know what you think you're gonna be talking about, but I'm probably not gonna let you. No, I'm gonna talk um, about it. But uh, afterwards, uh, I came back mm. and uh, we just threw up the mics and we're going to talk about the 1689, chapter three, uh, paragraph one. Yep, that's right. Why did you hold up two fingers? Because I wanted you to mess it up. You Ain't gonna mess me up. <laughs> I was hoping you lost track. So no, I know it. what we're talking about, man. We're talking about the decrees of God. Yeah, here we go, the man. This is gonna be good. This is gonna God. be
1: good. This is gonna, you know what? This is gonna ruffle some uh, some feathers.
0: Or f- or some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. High fives, high fives. I'm not high fiving you. High five. i I'm not. You, you you fake the high five all the time. I don't high five. <laughs> I
1: wanted the high five uh, there. You ain't
0: getting it. Why not? Uh, because I don't do that.
1: No, you got to give me the high five. That uh, was good.
0: Yeah, I know it was good.
1: I know. All right. Pound all right.
0: Me. So I'm not pounding it. Give me some All right. Spirit no. fingers. Oh, I got a wink. You got a I wink. I got the wink. There Thanks, you buddy. Um, you want to read paragraph one sure, of I'll chapter three in the 1689? By the way, if they're following along, you can follow along at the 1689confession.com. All right, here we
1: go. God hath decreed in himself from all eternity by the most wise and holy counsel of his own free will wait, of his own will freely and unchangeably all things whatsoever comes to pass, yet so as thereby is God neither the author of sin nor hath fellowship with any therein, nor is violence offered to the will of the creature, nor yet is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established in which appears his wisdom in disposing all things and power and faithfulness in accomplishing his decree.
0: Now, this is a weighty paragraph. Oh, yes. It's a it's a high view of God. It's a it's a deep and mysterious doctrine. Yeah. And when you read expositions of this paragraph, um, particularly from the uh, Westminster Confession of Faith, right? Um, because we have a lot more expositional work on that than we do the 1689. Mm-hmm. Um, there, those are some really helpful resources that will help you work through it, but they all agree that there is mystery surrounding this doctrine and yeah. how it inter- intersects with different aspects of human experience and responsibility. But what we've done as, as we've looked at this is we thought, well, we can kind of break this one paragraph down into uh, the following uh, sections, right? First of all, uh, in that that first uh, you know line or two, we see what God's decrees are. Yeah. But then also, that that in God decreeing all things, yet he is not the author of sin, that'll be the second section. Yep. It does not violate man's will, that'll be the third section. Uh, it does not negate secondary causes, that'll be the fourth. And it, meaning God's decree, uh, demonstrates his wisdom. So um, that's how we're going to break it down. So first, Jimmy, why don't we just start with what the decree of God is, or what the decrees of God are. Now, actually... Technically, when you're dealing with, uh, dealing with the decree of God theologically, mm-hmm. um, we talk about the decree being there is one. Um, but that one decree has many different parts, so sometimes we talk about the decrees of God. Um, so just to be technical, we generally talk about the decree. Uh, what do we mean by decree of God, Jimmy? It's that very first line or two, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're uh, following along again, 1689. God had decreed in himself from all eternity by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably, all things whatsoever comes to pass. So it's everything that is happening, has happened, and going to happen.
0: Right. So God decrees it. That's he it. He determines it. That's right. He predestines it. Yep. He he names it. and Claims they, it. Yep. <laughs> and he blames it. On you. <laughs> no. It, so... Listen. This is this is pretty simple in terms of breaking down the the, the meaning of the sense here. God has decreed in Himself mm-hmm. all things whatsoever comes to pass. So, Jimmy, I love that you said whatever has happened is happening and will happen is a part of God's one decree, yeah. his, his plan. That's right for for all His perfect things. plan.
1: His right, uh, His wise plan
0: I mean, is His perfect, unchangeable plan. Right, so now this decree is in himself, right? So this is something it is in himself. It's offered up um, by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably. So when God does this, uh, He is not compelled to do this. No, and there's there, no, there's nothing
1: outside of Himself that is informing this decision.
0: Right, so He's not looking down <laughs> into
1: into into time and saying, well. Joey is going to act like this, or Joey is going to make this decision. So now, I so am now going going I'm going to do this.
0: So God decrees what's going to come to pass. And when we say whatsoever comes to pass, we mean all things, right? All things. So, yeah. you know, this is Isaiah 46, that God declares the end from the beginning. Uh, if it's Ephesians 1, 11, it, we're talking about the Lord who um, works all things yeah. according to the counsel of of His will, I mean, this is um, this is an absolutely sovereign God who has worked out even the details uh, down into the minutia of what mm-hmm. is going to happen. What I had sound- a, oh,
1: God, sorry. I was going
0: to say I had a professor. I don't know if I shared this before, but I had a pre- professor one time um, teaching in Bible college and uh, talking about that God doesn't determine everything. He hasn't decreed all things; only some things. And I said, "Well, how much has God decreed?" And he said, 40 percent." And he was being funny when he said 40%, but he was saying like, I just don't think God has decreed all things. Uh, Maybe, you know, he's decreed some things, but like that you're going to paint your house that day, but not what color. And I said, well, why would you conclude that he hasn't? Um, Because when I read the scripture, what I see is that um, there are a few passages that seem to indicate all things like the passages I just Mm -hmm, read. mm -hmm. But then when you start looking at individual uh, aspects of God's sovereignty, he's sovereign over... uh, whether we're sick or healthy, rich yeah, or poor, yeah. out of First Samuel, um, whether we live or die, when we're born, where we exist, uh, the boundaries of our habitation, uh, that when and how we come to faith in Christ, like all of these things, so like the picture seems to me to be that God is sovereign over all things and has decreed all things.
1: Yeah, and I mean I think it's interesting uh, you're touching on it, and I think this is probably where people's sticking point is. What are we talking about then when we say that God is sovereign over salvation? Mm-hmm. Right. This uh, that uh, that God chooses people and his elect uh, uh, will then choose God. Right. But will people, then respond in faith.
0: And yeah, people people are uncomfortable with the idea as it relates to, um, you know, salvation, uh, justification, whatever, because uh, it doesn't seem fair. Like, well, God's going to choose some people and not others. Uh, like, doesn't everybody deserve it?
1: Can everyone have a, have the have you know the same chance?
0: And the answer is no. Nobody deserves it. And in terms of chance, uh, well, goodness, no matter what your what structure you kind of build theologically or seek to develop theologically. Not everybody has the same opportunity. Some people are born in a situation and in a place where you will never hear the gospel, mm. where you will never hear the gospel. Other people are born in places where they're, they're, they're surrounded by the gospel. Um, and then in terms of chance, listen, uh, we all have had our chance in Adam. Uh, we all had our chance. Oh, yeah, we are yeah, all yeah. represented in him. And uh, we do still have this revelation of God in creation that is accessible to everyone and everyone rejects it. I reject it, Jimmy rejects it, yeah. everybody rejects it. So, but that means that without the saving, selective grace of God, no one would be saved. No one would have the chance. So, yeah, the 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 but that's for me is is a great comfort. No one would be saved if God didn't select some to be saved to demonstrate yeah. his mercy. And again, and that's that
1: just that's that's within his own. Decision making, right? That's right. within his own counsel. I mean, Romans 9 15. Mm-hmm. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Con- continue on in verse 18. Right. Uh, so then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. Yeah. I mean, that to me is like mind blowing because I, I remember he, you when I was hearing about the doctrines of grace, and, mm-hmm. and I'm even though like I would read scripture and I'd say, like, I, I see it, but then when people would kind of lay it out I'd, I'd struggle I'd struggle with this aspect yeah. of it because I'd be looking at Pharaoh and saying well hold on God hardened his heart what is what's going on here you know and so but I think you're absolutely right Joe the question is not uh why not them but the real question you know you need
0: to be asking is why do you even deserve this yeah why no not even does. deserve it yeah, yeah that's just it why do you why does anybody that? believe it right? right why does anybody and that's all the grace of God so and we're not just talking about salvation here. The, the decree is dealing with all things, and so not only does it you know bring up the potential problem that some people have with salvation, mm-hmm. but there's also the problem with sin. Like we've got a brother, yeah. and this is one of his big complaints with Calvinism. Yeah, is and we're talking about Doctor Flowers here. Um, Doctor Flowers uh, does not like Calvinism. He thinks it's a, it, it. He believes it's a distortion of the Scripture, and it creates a a, a, a very unpleasant. Uh, Depiction of God, that yeah, that God decrees things. Yeah, absolutely, in but, all I mean, these things, we should all be
1: rejoicing that God decrees all things, because it was in God's decree that the jofo came together.
0: Well, th- maybe I mean I think even Flowers would agree with that. I think I think Doctor Flowers would, he, say, you would say, say, you know what, this that, is, this convinces me yeah. of the goodness of if, God if, in any, decreeing all things. If anything can persuade. Uh, Dr. Flowers of Calvinism. It's the. It's not the Jofo's intellect. It's not the. It's not the Jofo's uh, spectacular podcast. It is the Jofo itself. That's it. Because what could bring together like chocolate and peanut butter like this? Like it takes the divine mind to make something like that.
1: So when you say chocolate and peanut butter, I, I find it weird that you say it like that, though. Why? Why yeah. chocolate and why peanut butter?
0: Well, because that's the only two things I could think of that go good together that people didn't originally think would go good together. Okay. Right. Yep. Good point. And I'm chocolate. Okay. So um, you could be peanut butter. Okay. I'll take. I like it. I'll, I'll take peanut really? butter. Yeah, like it's it.
1: chunky and creamy oh, at like, the same time. It, 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 no, it's either mm, chunky no.
0: or creamy. No, and
1: then like it's in your, and it gets stuck. You can't get rid of it. I
0: hate chunky peanut butter. Chunky peanut butter makes me want to punch a wall. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, but it also brings up this question is, is, okay, so this would be Dr. Flowers' criticism. Mm-hmm. If God has decreed all things then he has decreed sin, then that makes him the author of sin. So thanks, God, for the sin. If, if this is the perspective. Yeah. Right. That's, and and the, you know, the confession clearly, clearly explicitly states, yet uh, so as thereby God is neither the author of sin nor hath fellowship with any therein. There you go. We can't say that God is the author of sin. Because Scripture says God is not the author of sin. In James uh, chapter 1, verse 13, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. Yeah, We do not believe that uh, that God is the author of sin. We do believe that God uses sin mm-hmm. right for his own purposes. And we, we see this with everything from the story of Joseph to the crucifixion of Jesus yeah. and everything else in between. That's right. So, listen... I understand that there are non-Calvinists out there who hear us talk about the decrees of God, Mm -hmm. and then they believe that to to endorse this concept of the decree of God should logically mean that we therefore – Conclude God is the author of sin, you can say that that's a reasonable argument uh, and what we and a, and a reasonable inference, but we don't in fact believe that. No, because we only want to affirm what Scripture says. That's scripture right. Scripture says that God has decreed all things, and Scripture says that God is not the author of sin. That's right.
1: I mean, First John uh, one five. This is the message that we have heard from Him and proclaimed to you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at
0: all. We're going to say both. Yeah, we're going to say both uh, that He. No darkness, in God. That's right. Doesn't have fellowship with it. Yep. God is holy. See, this is why it's important. Like you know, when you, when we're representing another person's view, right? Whether it's uh, you know a conservative versus a liberal, or um, a a Calvinist versus a non-Calvinist, when you're representing another person's view, you've got to do so charitably and fairly. Yeah. And now you can say this: they're wrong. So I was just listening to uh, Ben Shapiro interact with. Sam Harris on on God and ethics, right? And so Sam is a is an atheist. Okay. And now Sam and Ben have the same values. Let's say they pretty much the same values. Mm -hmm. Um, And Sam would say an atheist can have these values, and this is how. Yeah. And what Ben would say is, okay, you believe that you have these values. I just don't believe that the way that you get there is sustainable in the long run because while it works for you, I don't think it's going to work across the board. So he can accurately represent and say, okay, an atheist can have values. They certainly do. I don't think that it logically works. That's different than saying atheists can't have values and they don't have values. That's a misrepresentation. And I feel like that does sometimes happen. Uh, from even from dr flowers uh yeah. where and and certainly other non-calvinists who would say Calvinists believe that God is the author of sin we just simply do not believe that or and, vice
1: versa Calvinists when they're speaking you know as far as what others believe
0: well we always get that stuff right but yeah, anyway come on yeah, now. no, no. no. <laughs> no I'll, I'll give you an example um uh, Gerstner's book uh, against dispensationalism I think it was called wrongly dividing the word of truth um you know it misrepresented uh dispensationalism at certain different points in that book and I'm like okay well that they don't believe this stuff. Mm-hmm. This is not what they believe. You're saying that if they're consistent in the way you approach it, they should believe these things, but they, in fact, don't. So, yes, yeah. it goes—it happens on both sides. So, God decrees all things, yet yep. he is not the author of sin.
1: Nope. Uh, and also, at the same time, then, uh, it God's decrees do not violate man's
0: will. Yeah, says it right there. Nor is violence offered to the will of the creature. Mm. So, how does, that,
1: how does that all work? Like I said, you know, you talk—I mean, again, I know it's a mystery, but— we're talking about hardening of hearts and we talk about – because there's there's, there's that sense here, right? Like if God decrees it and it's going to happen, then they're bound for it
0: to happen. Right. And so where the mystery comes is in number one, how are we responsible and free – if God has decreed all things and it, what we go back to is what the scripture says. Okay. So every human being who acts, acts in accordance with their own desires. Yeah. Right? We do what we want to do. Pharaoh was against Egypt. Yes. He wasn't against. No, Egypt. No, no,
1: no. Pharaoh was against Egypt. Pharaoh was against.
0: Don't correct me, Jimmy. Oh, not ahead. in front of the kids. Okay. okay? Do sorry. not do oh, that. Seriously. Go ahead. Say it again. I don't have to say it again. I said it right the first time. Okay. Go ahead. Pharaoh was against Israel. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Pharaoh was against Israel. God's hardening of his heart was an act of judgment, whereby He says, "Okay, Pharaoh, as you continue in this, um, I'm going to uh, bring judgment upon you. Yeah. You're going to continue to go in this direction to the nth degree. Yeah, you're going to continue where your heart's already at. Right, and it's um, it, it, it's an act of judgment. So, but let's just say this: everything that we do in life. Uh, and every time we see somebody acting in scripture, they are doing what they want to do. Yeah. They're not being coerced by God and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I'm gonna wind up doing it. I mean, you could say that, well, Jonah was forced, right? But clearly this is God providentially, you know, putting him in a place. When it comes to, you know, Jonah deciding to do what he's going to do, that is an act of his own will. So we act in accordance with our nature. We do what we want to do without being coerced or compelled. From the outside or by God. And yet, somehow, every free act that we make is in accordance with the decree. That's where the mystery lies. How do those two overlap uh, in a way that makes perfect sense? I I can't really say. No. But, I mean, you know, whether you're looking at at, at Acts chapter uh, 2 or Acts chapter 4 when we're talking about how, um, you know, God foreordained the death of Christ and yet people are held responsible for crucifying him – uh, you know clearly we've we've got men who are responsible for what they do and they're going to be held responsible for what they do. So it, in other words, every person is makes choices that they want to make and they're responsible for them. And at the same time, God's decree. This is I guess I, I, when I when, the reason I liked Reformed theology as I began to read it was because it felt just a bit more consistent. <laughs> a bit more is maybe an understatement. Mm. It felt more consistent with my reading of the Scripture. It felt more consistent with everything Scripture said, because it mm. would say both. Yeah, We're yeah. responsible, we do what we want to do, and God is sovereign over all those things. You know
1: what else is uh, pretty consistent? How? Uh,
0: as consistent as this? Oh, yes. Okay. Table Talk Magazine. Every month. Every month that comes Every out. Every month. Every single and month. And it's always good. Very good. Especially when I write for them.
1: Uh, those issues are, are all right.
0: Those are now collector's items, by the way.
1: Um, As in, well, yeah. I mean, anything from the 1800s is. Okay. All yes. right. Go, to, go yes. talk about Table Talk. I walked <laughs> yes. into it. Yes, you did. <laughs> so you can head out over to drdevotion.com slash Table Talk. And there you can go ahead and uh, get more information and sign up. Uh, Doctor Or not Dr. Devotion. Table Talk is offering listeners of Dr. Devotion uh, a 15-month. They're offering you 15 months of magazines for only 23 bucks. I mean, that's the cost for 1 year, and if you do the free trial, the 3 months, so now it's 18 months. Yeah. For,
0: for the cost of, for the cost of 1 year.
1: Exactly. And you uh, receive digital access, you get all the current issues and the backlog through 2012. That to me is great. And wow. if you yeah. if you're
0: not familiar with Table Talk magazine, let's just be really clear here. In that magazine that you get every month, there'll be a theme, okay? And then that theme is explored in a series of articles written by different pastors and theologians. Yep. And then there are daily devotionals that take you through the whole month. It is awesome. It it's looks fantastic. good. Great content. It is my favorite periodical. Um, we highly recommend it. And you know what? You guys should actually uh, look into getting this for your church, especially oh, yeah. if you got no, like no, your. No, no,
1: but I have our daily bread.
0: Yeah, but that bread know... is stale, yo. <laughs> Um so what I would say is uh talk to your church uh, mm-hmm. look about getting uh Table Talk in for your especially if you have got like a, a an average size church not yeah. like a mega church it might be I don't know but you got money if you're a mega church right yeah, so you yeah. should buy it too buy two, three, four. everybody get it
1: you get one you, you get,
0: get one you one, get, you get one. one we all get one All right Oprah <laughs> talk magazine.
1: So Joe, as we're continuing on we talked about that God decrees yet he is not the author of sin uh and this, his decree does not violate man's will, but what about how it does not negate secondary causes? Right.
0: So if we could say that God is the ultimate cause of all things, it doesn't mean that um, that there isn't a a passive sense to his decree mm. where certain things are happening um, as more immediate causes are falling into place, right? So we're... Um, It says right here, nor yet is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. So God has foreordained the end as well as the means, right? So um, maybe we could say it this way. Uh, What year were you converted in, Jimmy?
1: Oh, uh, 95.
0: All right. So 1995, God had foreordained before the foundation of the earth that 1995 is when Jimmy was going to come to faith in Jesus. That's right. All right. Um, But it's not like you were sitting there and you never heard the gospel yeah. nothing was going on and then all of a sudden you have like this uh spiritual lightning bolt hit you and mm-hmm. you've con- converted uh, there were a series of events that Correct. led up to this and a series of individuals that's who, right uh, you know um most notably
1: oh uh, jeff vanderstel jeff vanderstel yeah, right yeah, he had, yeah.
0: was the one that really brought you to faith in christ so God had orchestrated all these things um, to actually bring about the end that he had established. So, yeah, secondary causes are absolutely a part of this. And, and in all of this, right, what we see here at the, at the end of this, uh, this sentence here is a demonstration of God's wisdom, right? Yes.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, let's, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this. In which appears his wisdom in disposing all things, and power and faithfulness in accomplishing his decree— I mean, you think of things like uh, Numbers 23, 19, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind Has mm-hmm. he said. And will he not do it or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it or Ephesians one? Uh, let's see, three to five here. I'm going to pull it up. Sorry blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through jesus christ according to the purpose of his will mm-hmm. so i mean this is this all just demonstrates just the the wisdom and perfection of our God.
0: Yeah. You know, that, that numbers passage in particular has always been really powerful for me because he's not like us. He doesn't yeah. lie. He doesn't change his mind because he's no. not like us. And what he says he's going to do, he's going to do. That's right. And there's no changing it.
1: He's going to so, follow through. Right. So he always, he's not like our uh, Friday video content.
0: No, no. We, uh, well, that's, that's more Jimmy. <laughs> well, oh, oh. cause I'm the one that's always like, yeah, whatever. never going to happen. And you're always like every Friday.
1: I'm still, cause I'm, I'm holding out hope.
0: Yeah. Great. Yeah. Worldly hope. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, th- this is – and we ultimately see that it is a demonstration of his wisdom because in in all of this, it will in the end all be for the glory of God. Yeah. So um, when we look at this, just the beginning of this one paragraph as we're considering the decree of God – Really, the the issue for, for Jimmy and I is, all right, so how do we experience this? And the way that we deal with this in our preaching and our teaching and our own journaling is we boil it always down we, we, to three issues, right? Mm-hmm. We, we want to know, how should this truth, how should this doctrine, how should this passage of Scripture, whatever it is, uh, lead to confidence, conviction, yep. and conduct? That's right. So when we say— Trademark. TM, little TM. Little TM. Um, when we say— how should this lead to confidence in our lives what kind of confidence are we talking about yeah i mean
1: uh, for me it's that god has a plan and we could trust him right we god god has it sorted out god has decreed it god's will is perfect his plan is perfect uh and it is a a a good plan. And so
0: we could just trust in the goodness and mercy and grace of our God. And this is especially relevant to us, right? Because the com- anytime we talk about confidence, conviction, conduct, the confidence that we, we are looking for is confidence um in God, put confidence before the face of God. That's right. Confidence with God in the world. So here you're saying that the confidence that this doctrine gives us is that God has a plan and we can trust him. Is that what you said? Yep. yep. Okay. So then when do those truths become particularly relevant to us, most important to us?
1: I think during uh, seasons of struggle yeah. and seasons of doubt. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are times when we are afflicted with doubt, when we're, when we're uh, struggling and we could trust and know that God has a plan. Right.
0: That's good. That's good. All right. So then, when we talk about conviction, mm-hmm. right? When we're talking about our um, uh, like religious affections and yeah. feelings, and like, so what? What should this do to us in our hearts? Um, uh, how should this impact us uh, on a on a very personal level? And when I when I look at this, I guess the the two things that it really does for me. One thing in particular is awe. Mm. Is j- like true Aww. awe. No, not like a, Not awe. Not but aw. awe. Like awesome. Oh, awe. Um and so it's like I, when I realize that God has the details knit together yeah. um that he's he's a god of the details of my life that it's not like well he doesn't really know what's going on here doesn't have a plan for this little thing that just happened he just got a plan for the big stuff when I when I see that he is involved in everything it it leads me to amazement and wonder and it makes me love him more because I know that yeah. even that he's planned out the details for my good mm-hmm. and for his glory. It's like when um, uh, every every holiday in our house, right? Every okay. holiday. All right. You, you pick the holiday. Valentine's Day. Well, okay. okay. Christian holidays and then national holidays. I should say that because you'll come up with like Ramadan or something. No, no. And then we're no, not doing that one. No, no, no. So every holiday, even the fake <laughs> was, ones like was, Valentine's Day. I was
1: going to say Groundhog Day.
0: Okay. <laughs> so what my wife will do is she will decorate the dining room. Mm. So birthdays, Easter, whatever, and so when the kids come down, they they just are in awe at the, all the detail that she puts into every little thing, mm-hmm. and it, it does in it leads them to love her more, not because yeah. wow she spent money, but because like look at the detail and the effort yeah. and the and the care that she's put into making well, that, this for that us.
1: you both did.
0: No, it's it's just just Jen. So I mean that you. Yeah, that you both did well. We both did by virtue of me being the head of the home. Mm-hmm. I get credit for it, correct? But I didn't actually. Like, well, and you, you paid for it. I, pay, I I paid for it. That's you for You paid sure. for it. So yeah. Continue. Okay. So there you go. All right. Thank you, Jimmy. Yep. High five. Yeah. High five. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're so dumb. All right.
0: So all in love in terms of uh, conviction, but then what about conduct? What's yeah? Um, it's got to
1: be something there that has to move you. Like we talk. Well, I mean, when we talk about you know confidence, conviction, but then conduct, it should. It should move you to... To
0: do something, To right? do something, I guess,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would say uh, the first one should be submission. Yeah. To be submitting to the will of God, uh, to be submitting to the sovereignty of God, right? Like just
0: it makes me think of Job, right? Oh yeah. Where yeah. he's like, and it's not like you don't really know what the will of God is until it happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless it's the moral will of God, like, uh, the, the, the revealed will of God, the, the commands. But when we're talking about the sovereign will of God. We don't know until it happens. Yeah. And when it does happen, Job can say, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is what it means to be submitting yeah. to God's will. Right. That's right.
1: Well, for you, Joe, what is this, uh, what is this kind of, bring out or what do you well, sense? I, like okay, so
0: I, I, think, I think what you said, submission, is probably where I would go first as well. Um, you know, I want to, like Jesus, right? And trust myself into the care of my heavenly father. Yeah, that's right. Lord, uh, boy, if this cup I, can pass,
1: yeah. <laughs> sweet. Let's do it. Not my will, though, but your but, will be yeah, done.
0: ultimately, I'm going to do what you've sent me to do. Um, and then I think the, the 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 byproduct of that is worship. Yeah. I think when you can submit, then you're free to worship God and praise him for, um, for his care, for his for his plan. And so in other words this doctrine of God's decree is gives us confidence in him knowing he has a plan that we can trust. We can trust him. It it should produce in us awe mm-hmm. and love by way of conviction and then it ought to lead us to do certain things like submitting ourselves to him. And worshiping, I, I definitely want to hear what other people have to think, yeah. have to say about this. Um, Jimmy, how can they join the conversation and uh, let us know what they're thinking?
1: Yeah, I mean, you could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Diva or on Facebook slash Doctor and Devotion. You can head out to the website, Doctrine There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, joefostore.com and grab some gear. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday, blog posts on Wednesdays, and I'm still holding out hope. For video content on Fridays later mhm